Hello, beautiful souls. On this podcast, I have guest Harmony Slater, who is a certified holistic life and business coach, breathwork expert, and certified Ashtanga yoga teacher. She is one of less than 20 women in the world to hold a recognized teaching certificate from Mysore, India, and she began her traveling to East Asia in 2002 to study Buddhism and Indian philosophy. She's founded two yoga schools in Canada and has been running her own yoga and coaching business for the past 20 plus years. In this podcast, we go into a little bit about her story, her journey with yoga, and her shift into money mindset and supporting yoga teachers in building their business. Do you spend all of your time building and maintaining your business so that you achieve the success you envision? Do you feel frustrated, unfulfilled, and have a loss or disconnect from your creative flow? Are you a conscious leader that is ready for change when it comes to society's views on money, wealth, relationships, and what prosperity truly means? If so, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Provoking Prosperity Podcast. I am your host, Miranda Mitchell. I am a 2-4 manager who is here to empower and equip you to step out of the box of social norms, guide you into using your voice for inspiration and impact, and support you in finding what prosperity means for you so that you have the business and life that fulfills you. So grab that cup of coffee, get comfy, and get ready to hear the heartwarming and heart-wrenching personal stories, all things human design and jinkies, plus tangible practices that you can implement right now for your personal and business growth. Hello, beautiful souls. It is Miranda here with my beautiful, beautiful guest, Harmony Slater. Very blessed to know her. She's been in my life for numerous years, even though she may not realize it. Uh, I followed her religiously uh, through my yoga practices and studied and worked with you. I've worked with you and Russell at times, right? And um, I'm so grateful that you're here. So thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So I always love to start uh, with reflection pieces. I always love to go deep into things. Um, That's a little bit of my astrology aspects that I'm stepping into. (laughs) And I wanted to know a little bit more about you when you were younger. Um, Maybe (laughs) at a point... When you made the shift into the realization that, you know what, I may not be happy with what I am, who I am right now, and I want to do something different. So do you have a story that comes up for you when I speak Mm. about that? Interesting. (laughs) I feel like I've had several points in my life that have been kind of those shifts and changes. Um one, excuse me, (laughs) one probably would have been when I stopped like my whole sort of teenage years into sort of young adult years were focused on ballet and dance and becoming a professional dancer. And I think when I stopped that, it was sort of like realizing I'm on a course of destruction here Um, you know, being very much uh, embroiled, obsessed with, you know, calories and working out and trying to stay skinny and vomiting up, you know, binging and and purging and 
like the whole body image, hating yourself, negative voices, self-criticism, eating disorders, all of things, addiction, blah, 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 that go along with sort of that kind of teenage years lifestyle and being obsessed with body image and abilities, physical abilities. Um, and, and so then saying, no, something has to change. And I just like stopped and stopped dancing. And because it was like, I needed a radical change. Um, what I ended up doing was working at a bank. <laughs> and so I didn't go to university until I was in my mid twenties. I started working at a bank full time. And that was like a very different lifestyle, as you can imagine, you know, it was like regular kind of nine to five job, you know, half hour lunch break, working with people, working in the office, power suits, like the whole thing, um, studying to, uh, and writing an exam to become a securities trader. So stocks and bonds and mutual funds and all those things. And then again, <laughs> got to a place about four years in uh, to that sort of like hardcore, like financial lifestyle where it was like, you know what? I don't want to do this for the next 30 years. I don't like this routine. I don't feel like it's nourishing my soul. It feels not in alignment with who I truly am. I mean, it kind of like was satisfying a certain aspect of my personality because I love money. Um, but <laughs> it wasn't satisfying like the spiritual aspect, which was much or the creative aspect, you know, the dancing was very creative. It's very artistic. Like everything's very kinesthetic, you know, everything's like embodied. And, um, and then this was like very cerebral and, you know, definitely focused on a different element of life. So then at that point I was like, no. I'm going to quit and go to university. So I quit totally, went to university and started studying philosophy and religious studies. Those were what my two degrees were in, uh, majoring in Eastern philosophy, existentialism, and then also Eastern religions. Um, and that was really nice because it was cerebral, but also kind of artistic and creative because philosophy is very kind of creative. Um, but there was no kinesthetic. There was like, I was kind of losing touch with my body and really trapped in my mind, but also really enjoying it. <laughs> and so that that's where I started learning about Buddhism and actually kind of where I started learning about Hinduism and yoga. And around the same time, I had a friend who sort of was you know, practicing yoga a couple of times and it sounded interesting. And I also was starting to experience a lot of panic attacks, um, just around perfectionism and, you know, the stress of like studying and feeling like a lot of pressure to write papers and like crazy hours. And I was also working at a coffee shop and doing catering and different things at the same time. So, um, it was just managing a lot of different things all at once. And so I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to go try doing some yoga. So I went and, and sort of started dabbling in yoga. And then that was just such an amazing experience to get back in my body again after like several years of not being in my body, really, like really being mind focused and, um, and 
and it like put me back in touch with that embodied sense of myself and a more kinesthetic practice, something that uh, felt, you know, it was along the lines of the Ashtanga yoga practice, which is, you know, a set sequence. You can kind of like turn the mind off a little bit and get into more meditative state and just, you know, breathe and feel the body. And so I started to like the yoga more than I was enjoying the school. <laughs> so pretty much as soon as I finished my school, I really, really, really didn't even, I just wanted to like go right away. But I had this one Sanskrit class that I just was like, I just want to finish the second half of the Sanskrit class. It was the only class I was taking that semester. I'd started teaching some yoga on the side and was really wanting to go to India. So as soon as I finished that class, I had all my boxes ticked to graduate. I just took a plane and went to India and dove headfirst into the yoga practice, studying yoga, learning about yoga, being in India, living in India. Um, my graduation occurred. I was not there. I was in Mysore, India at the time. And just like that took me on a whole path, as you know, um, very much immersed in like 24 hours of yoga. You know, I was living at a yoga retreat center. I was teaching yoga. I was teaching at the retreat center. And when I wasn't at the retreat center, I was in India. I was practicing. I was studying. I was traveling in India, studying every day, all day long was basically yoga, yoga, yoga. And um, then came back to Canada, opened a yoga school, then started teaching workshops more internationally. And that was about 20 years, really, until I had my son. I guess I had my son about 12 years in. And um, that kind of shifted things for me because all of a sudden now you're balancing like the responsibilities of a householder and a mom and you can't get up at 2.30 in the morning or 3 in the morning to do your practice anymore and you can't, you know, just devote all of your time and energy to studying yoga and practicing yoga and learning about yoga and teaching yoga. You have to like, you know, watch Dora the Explorer or try and keep a small infant alive or, you know, there's like so much more happening. Um, which was wonderful in some ways because it really like opened my perspective to like what everyone else who I was teaching was trying to juggle and deal with really, right? It makes you so much more compassionate to regular human beings who have regular jobs and regular lives and families and, you know, are doing like 15 things during the day and responsible for 15 things every day. And then they're also trying to do a yoga practice. And you're like, but why can't you be here every day? Right? So unrealistic. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, so that kind of opened up a little bit more um, of sort of my understanding around that. And then I think what sort of really shifted for me is after um, when my son started kind of going to school regularly and I went through a divorce, that again kind of started shifting my feelings around the yoga because my ex was very much involved with that yoga stage of my life. We were always teaching together. We were traveling together. You know, we were very much together. And so I think when we split up, that really kind of made me go through quite a turmoil or quite a uh, looking inward at, you know, what, what, does this mean to me and how can I like untangle it from that relationship? 
Um, and, and then also I was now a single mom and needing to make money and needing to provide for my son. And so it was really looking at, is this even a sustainable career? Like, which had always been a question actually, (laughs) to be (laughs) honest, um, you know, it's difficult to raise a family and teach yoga. It's very, very difficult. Um, you don't make a lot of money. I'm just going to be super honest with that. So, um, you know, Mm. unless you're Keno McGregor and you have like a million social media followers and you can fly first class everywhere. I mean, most teachers I know aren't, you know, making a ton of money, especially if they're like have a yoga school and are teaching regular classes and doing the day in, day out kind of um, blood, sweat and tears of teaching. (laughs) And, you know, I love that you touched on that because there's, there's also sometimes this, like as a yoga teacher, if you want to make money, it's sometimes viewed as like a negative, like, Oh, you should be wanting to do this out of your heart is for the good of humanity. But if you're giving, 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 and not letting yourself receive, then you totally burn out and you're a projector. So you definitely burn out, right? 100%. Um, (laughs) I wanted to just say that was a beautiful journey in sharing, like first the connection to your body. I never knew that about you being a dancer. I don't know how I didn't know that. (laughs) Um, But with all of the stresses that go on in that, and then you kind of like let go of that and went into the money aspect and let go of the body. And then you went into the body again. But now you're realizing, okay, it's a yes. And how can I be in my body and feel embodied and make money and impact in the way that I am service to the world? So what are you doing now to do that? Yeah. So now, I mean, it's kind of, I guess, maybe my personal mission to try and combine these three, three realms of my, my path and my growth where you know, I'm helping other wellness professionals and yoga teachers build sustainable, you know, wellness businesses, whether it's health coaching or, you know, healers, yoga teachers. Um, I love supporting them in building their businesses and getting them up and going and, and trying to make them viable, right? So that they aren't getting paid $15 a class or something. I couldn't believe it. I was talking to a student client the other day who was telling me that that's what like big yoga studios are paying is $15 an hour. And I was like, are you kidding? Like 20 years ago, I was getting paid $50 for a yoga class. How are we like going backwards while inflation is going upwards? (laughs) Like say no, make them pay more. (laughs) Say no. (laughs) So yeah, it was just, you know, like people need to like, really, I think the yoga industry in particular needs to start like making a stand that if you want good teachers, you need to pay them. Like people need to be able to make a living off of this profession. If you want people who are actually committed teachers. So that's sort of one aspect of the business. The other aspect is the integrative life coaching that I'm doing, which I love because it's more like, you know, you know, the Ashtanga yoga style, which is like Mysore, you're adjusting people's bodies and it's not really like self, um, it's self-directed, but it's not me telling you what to do specifically, right? It's you doing the thing and me kind of helping you do the thing, right? Supporting you to do your practice. And um, that's what I love about the life coaching is it's 
doing that for people's lives, right? So helping you create a vision for your life or a goal or something you want to bring into being or create for yourself and then supporting you in taking those steps, just like you would learning a yoga practice, right? Step by step, your practice grows and you take on more and you get to do more difficult things as you get used to doing the little steps or the little things. And so it's like that for your life. And so I'm doing more of that life coaching as well. I still do teach yoga. So I am sort of traveling and teaching some workshops around the world in different areas in person. And I have an uh, online membership as well, where I teach a, like weekly and monthly classes. But I love the ph philosophical aspect of yoga. You know, I'm not really the kind of teacher who, if you want to learn to jump back and jump through, like, I don't love teaching that stuff. <laughs> well, your practice though, oh my goodness. <laughs> your practice, it's like, oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't fire me up. Like the physical aspect, the anatomy, the body stuff. Like, again, I think it comes from that feeling of being a dancer and just being judged for your physical ability and your body all the time. And I like, don't want that. That's a big no for me. <laughs> it's like, anytime I feel like that's all I'm being valued for is like my physicality and my body and the way I look, I like run away from that. So, um, I'm much more interested in like the philosophy and how are you living the yoga? How are you bringing the yoga into your life? How is it expressing itself through you? Um, you know, what are the little tools and practices and techniques you can use to really like enhance your life and optimize your energy and, you know, not get burnt out and like have a self-care practice you can actually do that doesn't take four hours a day. So that's kind of what I'm helping people with now. <laughs> well, your journey really reflects that when you think about it. You started as a dancer. You went into the bank. You went into the schooling and philosophy. You went into yoga. So it feels like every single part of your life really has been the evolution of really what you're here to be and what you're here to offer. And you had to dive in. <laughs> into each thing to embody it, to feel it. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, I love that. And as, as far as bringing the Ashtanga part, you know, I have a love for Ashtanga as well, but I don't do the practice as diligently. Sometimes it's, it's meditation, it's breath work, but you know what? When I did do the practice for those many years, I needed that because it's what I need. My body needed in that moment, right? Mm -hmm. So every part of your journey has yeah. brought you to where you're at today, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and it's totally. about embodiment <laughs> and making money. <laughs> totally. Let's do it. <laughs> I love it. So, and I love also just that you bring up that, like, you know, I feel like as like a spiritual practitioner or like a healer or, you know, even like as coaches, like often people, you know, we're like big hearted humans, you know, maybe twos on the Enneagram, maybe like feeling like, oh, I just want to be of service. I just want to support and help and heal. And that's why you're in this kind of profession, right? That's why you're a yoga teacher or you're a coach or you're a healer or you're working. You love working with people and you love people, but you have to also like, step into like, this is a profession. It's not a hobby. And you know, if it's a hobby, go at it, like do it as much as you want and make whatever, nothing as little as you want. But if you want to make it a life and you want it to be a life that's nourishing you and like feeding you, 
then you have to like actually own that. Like, yeah, I need to make money. I need to make a living. It's not dirty to want to make money. It's not dirty to want to be prosperous and like be supported and do something you love and have people support you because you're supporting them, right? It's just about that exchange of energy or in yoga, we call it prana. And when you start to see money as prana, right? If you're giving your energy and your time and your talents and like all of that experience that you've had that you're bringing into that moment of being with someone, you know, you need to be, that needs to be reciprocated in some way. And so, you know, I mean, we always used to say when we had our yoga studio, like our landlords don't give a shit if (laughs) what, how much good we're doing for people. They just want to get paid every month. (laughs) Like they don't really care how we're making the money as long as they're getting their rent. Right. And love and service doesn't keep the lights on in a way. Right. Like, yeah, it does, but only if people value it enough to reciprocate. And I think that's really important that, you know, especially as women too, we're often quite shy to say, Oh, I want to make a living. I want to support my family. I want to do well. But I think more of us need to do well, because when women have money and we make money, we support other women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we support other amazing people. Like, it's just, you know, it's just true. So I want to have enough funds to be able to, you know, donate to Yoga Gives Back and support that charity and to like support you and support other women who are doing amazing work in this world. And I can't do that if I'm burnt out and broke and just like working all day and not having any like time or energy to take care of myself. Exactly. Yeah. And it's really about too, when you look from that perspective, it's about being of you're being of service, but you're being supported for being who you are. So you're supporting humanity and humanity is supporting you. Whereas most of society feels like we support others, but then because we're healers or yoga teachers, or then we don't need support. It just is there, or we need limited support, but how are we supposed to help support others? If we're energetically drained, if we're exhausted, if we're struggling to make yeah. builds, right? So it's yeah. about the give and receive. And so many, so many of us give, 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 and have even conditioned ourselves to feel guilty if we yeah. receive, right? Yeah, totally. So it's about opening up to receive. So that goes to uh, my last question here. And I always, <laughs> this is Provoking Prosperity Podcast. And the reason yeah. I chose that is because I love to, touch on social norms. I love to like pinch a little bit, provoke people a little. Um, <laughs> I don't need to. I don't, sorry. <laughs> but I wanted to, and this is a gentle question, but it's more so of a reflection. When you think about prosperity and what you used to think when you were younger, trying to create money and work in the bank and all of that, how is that different than what you see prosperity as today? And what are you doing differently than you did then? Hmm. Yeah, interesting. I think, yeah, definitely like growing up. I mean, I think it's sort of you have a very narrow idea of what prosperity is. And it's just like numbers in a bank account. right? And 
like maybe that's one aspect of, of it, but we all know like it's not the only aspect because there's lots of people who have lots of zeros behind their name in their bank account right? or behind their account or in their account, they have, you know, multiple seven figures, but like, don't feel prosperous. They don't feel abundant. They don't feel, feel well, right. Or they're sick or whatever. Right. So definitely I feel like going through all of this and, and having a rich, deep spiritual practice at one point that felt very abundant and felt very prosperous, um, you know, shifted the way that I understand prosperity, uh, so that it's not just tied to a dollar amount or money, but it's more about like freedom. I feel like for me in that it's, the ability to kind of do what I want to do when I want to do it <laughs> and to have the things I want to have when I want to have them. <laughs> um, and that's not just like, you know, being able to purchase, it's not just purchasing power, but it's also like giving yourself permission, right? Giving yourself permission to take pleasure, giving yourself permission to receive, giving yourself permission to like, you know, eat the chocolate oatmeal cookie when you want to, or whatever it is, right? To have the extra cup of coffee. Um, you know, there's there's all kinds of ways I think that we can feel prosperous and like also immerse ourselves in that feeling of you know prosperity and abundance and pleasure and joy every day that um, are little things, right? Even just being able to go for a walk in the middle of the day. For me, I feel so prosperous because I don't have to be tied to a desk and work in an office. And so even if I work at night, you know, I like having that freedom to choose when I'm working and when I'm not working and who I'm seeing and who I'm not seeing. And um, so for me, that feels very prosperous. And it, so it's really connected to, yes, finances for sure, but like like your mind, your mental space, also your body. I mean, you know, how are we feeding ourselves? How are we taking care of ourselves, nourishing ourselves? We were talking about acupuncture before we got on, you know, it's like, right, yes, I should go do that. <laughs> you know, like, how are you just really taking care of yourself so that you can feel your best, so you can, you know, look your best, so that you can, you know, really take advantage of, of, this time that we have is short, right? As humans. And so having the freedom to be able to do those things and giving myself permission to do those things, you know, is to me being prosperous. You know, I, I feel like I ha didn't have a lot of money when I was in India or living overseas in Southeast Asia. I wasn't making a lot of money. I was making like a thousand dollars a month or something, but, um, but I felt very prosperous there because the experience of living there was so rich and the, ex the experience of like being immersed in that culture. And so I think it comes with a sense of like richness of experience too, right? We don't necessarily need the money, but are you, you know, are you taking yourself out of your house in my case <laughs> once a day, <laughs> you know? To like go be in another environment and just like take in that that experience and what's that like? Are you meeting new people? Are you connecting in new ways? Are you expanding your definitions of what it means to be human or what it means to practice yoga or what it means to be wealthy or you know like I don't know I just like that 
that sense of exploration and expansion, because I think that really makes us feel rich, right? It makes us feel rich in, in all kinds of ways. Mm, I love that. Yes. Yeah, so it's, you would say prosperity then is the way that you be rather than what you do, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. 100%. <laughs> so um, before we end up closing, I just want to say that Harmony will be on the next podcast as well. We will be diving into a little bit of her human design chart, what that means, some goodness, some questions in there. But again, <laughs> Harmony, we would love to know who is it that you really work with? What, how do you support them? And how can people reach out to you? Yeah, sure. I am working with wellness professionals who either want to look at building their business, whether it's online or in person, or who are feeling a sense of burnout, overwhelm, anxiety around all the things that they have to do. And I look at restoring their energy, reconnecting them to their purpose, passion, and profession so that they can do all the things that they want without having to sacrifice their family or their careers, or their dreams. So I would love to work with anyone who wants to step in and work with me. Mm, and I just <laughs> want to say to, you know, we've worked together in, yeah. in the past. Um, having someone to work with that has this spiritual connection that's done all this work spiritually and grounded in yoga and pranayama and philosophy and then the business aspects is so powerful because there's so many people that have one or the other, um, but don't have both. And working with you, they get to have both. So if you guys, if something's resonating and you're feeling it, reach out to her. Everything will be in the show notes so that you can reach out to her. And then we will be on the next podcast diving into her chart. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank for you. Here. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. My hope is that you walked away with something today that has opened your mind, your heart, or both. Listening to new perspectives not only help you grow and expand, but it helps humanity as a whole. So if you have someone that you feel would benefit from this podcast and you feel that you want to share, please do. Also, would love to connect with you on Instagram. So please follow me at Miranda J. Mitchell. One last thing, if this episode left you with any ahas and insights, take 30 seconds of your time and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way I know you are loving the content and connection in this space. And if you want to know more or wondering how we can work together, please go to Miranda-Mitchell.com. Click on the contact in the menu and send me a message. Sending you all love. Till next time.